Hey everybody, this is Brother Paxton. I'm here from Bustai, New York, and I want to talk to you for just a moment about the Better Covenant. Do you realize that you and I today, in 2018, we live under a better covenant than ever has been on the earth before. Of all the covenants that man has made with man, and even the old covenant that God made, uh, the new covenant under Jesus Christ through the blood of Christ is a better covenant in every respect. Let's take a real quick look at Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. Here's what the Bible says. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry. I love that phraseology because being in the ministry and uh, tra traveling around to preach the gospel, also feeding people, putting Bibles into prisons, whatever the case might be, I want to do it with excellence. And my commander-in-chief is Jesus Christ, who had a more excellent ministry than any prophet, than any preacher. I mean, the ministry of Jesus is the most excellent ministry, praise God. And so we emulate him. We want to be like Christ. Let's get back on point here. He obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Let me read that again. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is a mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And so basically, the King James is a little tongue twisted there. Um, here's what it's saying. Jesus Christ obtained a more excellent ministry because he is the sinless Lamb of God, sinless Lamb of God. He never sinned. The perfect sacrifice, he laid down his life for you and for me, for the sins of the whole world. He, so God has said that he has the most excellent ministry of all. He obtained that, the scripture said. He obtained it. That means he, he did something, and that something was redemption. And it says that we have a better covenant that's built on and based on better promises. Concerning this very statement, Kenneth Wee said this, the book of Hebrews was written to prove the following proposition. The New Testament in Jesus' blood is superior to, superior to, and takes the place of the first covenant in animal blood. So in other words, in the Old Testament, you'll read how they offered the sacrifices. Uh, they had to bring a lamb or bring a turtle dove or bring a pigeon or a bullock. They would slit its throat, they would kill the animal, and the priest would apply the blood at the altar of God. That has been done away with, and what has taken its place was the cross of Calvary. So what we're seeing here in this more excellent ministry, this better covenant, these better promises, is it's all pointing in one direction, the cross of Christ. This is how we know, one way among many, that the cross of Christ is not only the message of the Bible, but it's the central focal point of the Word of God. In Old Testament, it was pictured in type. In the New Testament, the time that we're living in, the Apostle Paul tells us of its benefits, its actions, and its activities in our lives as believers. Kenneth Wiest went on to say, the writer has proved that this is to be true on the basis of pure logic and by using Old Testament scriptures. 
using the logical argument that a superior workman will turn out a superior product. That's important. Um, what Weiss was saying, <clears throat> the master carpenter is going to build a master desk. So let's use that as an example. Well, Jesus has a more excellent ministry. So in his offering for sin, it was done once and for all, and there never needs to be another sin offering. Listen, in the Old Testament, they had to offer sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. It had to constantly be repeated and constantly be uh, engaged in in order to obtain mercy and forgiveness. But under our covenant, the better covenant, built on better promises, once and for all. And it boils down to this, ladies and gentlemen, to make this whole long process boil down into a nutshell. When you receive what Christ did at the cross of Calvary, and this is done on a continuing basis as far as the receiving of it, the offering one time, cross of Christ, it's done, never to be repeated. You're in my applying it to us is continual. So let's keep reading. When you do that, <clears throat> you have entered in to the greatest covenant ever known on the face of the earth in all of human history. So using the logical argument, a superior workman turns out a superior product. The writer has shown that the Messiah, the founder of the New Testament, is better than, and we're talking about better than from the production standpoint, the founders of the First Testament, who were the prophets, uh, angels, Moses, Joshua, etc. Therefore, the Testament that Jesus brought in is superior to the Old Testament, and it takes the place of the Old Testament. Now, here's one thing I'll add real quickly. When we say takes the place of the Old Testament, that doesn't mean that we don't uh, glean and learn from those verses. We use them every day. Uh, to guide, to direct in our lives. They feed our spirit. They give us instruction. God speaks to our hearts through the Old Testament verses. So we don't get away, uh, do away with the Bible, the Old Testament, what is written. What's done away with is the system that it was based on. So the, we're reading the Old Testament. It was based on a certain system. That system has been replaced by the blood of Christ. So when we read the Old Testament, we see everywhere in there, cross of Christ, sacrifice, Messiah is coming. It's painting a picture for Israel to receive their Messiah. It paints a picture for us, showing us what Jesus has done for us, praise God. And so all of the Bible is important. Don't get it in your mind that you don't need the Old Testament anymore. That's not what Brother Paxton is saying, and I don't know anybody that really believes that truly uh, in the circles that I go in. But what it does say is that the system that the Old Testament was based on has been replaced by the blood of Christ. So this better covenant was established upon better promises, and it was made possible totally and entirely by the cross of Christ. The scripture says in Hebrews 8 and 7 that the first covenant was never meant to solve the human problem because animal blood is woefully insufficient to do that. 
How can you take an animal that has no moral compass, that has no eternity about that uh, animal, a cow or a, uh, a sheep or whatever, how can that animal solve the human problem? The scriptures told us that eternity has been set in our hearts, so it would have to be another human to solve the human problem. Well, God became a man, and he came in the form of Jesus Christ, and he solved the problem. How? Once again, by dying on a cross and shedding his perfect, sinless, untainted blood for you and for me. That's the better covenant. So when you hear the word covenant, and you hear the, the phrase better covenant and the phrase better promises, you have to understand that God had to become a man, live a perfect life, never fail, never sin, not even once, and thereby he kept the law of Moses, the old system, he kept it perfectly. So here you've got Jesus, a more excellent ministry, a better covenant based on better promises. In order for that to happen, before he died, before he sealed it at his death in his blood, he had to live it, the old covenant, perfectly. No human had ever done that. Jesus is the only one. He was the first and he was the last that ever lived it perfectly. Then, once he did that, he fulfilled that covenant. It's done, I did it. He seals it in his blood and he gives a new covenant, which is based on faith in his sacrifice at the cross. I'm getting there in just a moment. I hope you're following this. I know it's a little bit wordy. And the King James takes these, these verses in Hebrews 8. And sometimes if you don't have a little background like this, it's a little hard to read those verses. And so I'm going a, a little bit slower with it here for this segment of the program today. Let's address ourselves to this one more time. In order for a better covenant based on better promises to be brought about, the God would have to become a man, which he did in Jesus Christ. He'd have to live a perfect life, never sin, never fail, not even once. He kept the law of Moses perfectly in every respect. And then he went to the cross, and it was there that he addressed the broken law. So at the cross, what sealed the new covenant was he addressed the fact that humanity had broken the law of God. Jesus offered himself because we broke the law. Jesus offered himself, he never broke it. Now you and I can live in the eyes of God, forgiven with, through the mercy of God, the blood of Jesus, as if we never broke it either. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. And that's why it is a better covenant because in the Old Testament understanding, the worshiper, even though he was offering a sacrifice, and even though he understood that it would bring a, a certain type of redemption to his life and forgiveness to his life, he also knew that he would have to do that again. And he knew that he was not innocent, and he knew that he did not deserve to be forgiven. Constant repetition, constant repetition. You know, it was guilt, forgiveness, guilt, forgiveness you say well that's our lives today too yes but by faith it's not because by faith yes we're guilty yes we are undeserving in and of ourselves but faith 
Now, this is why it's a better covenant, because it obliterates that. And when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God looks at us through the blood of Jesus. Guess what? We are worthy. We are forgiven. We don't have to stand in a sense of guilt and shame and doubt and fear because God gave his son. And when we put our faith in what he did, he transfers all of that good, all of that better covenant, better promises, all of the results of the cross, he transfers it to us. And we can live in that and we can walk in that, praise God. And that's why this is the best covenant, the most excellent ministry, the ministry of faith, the ministry of grace, the ministry of the blood of Jesus that we have right now, today. Here's what I want you to understand that because Jesus lived a perfect sinless life, because he addressed the broken law by dying on a cross, shedding his blood for the sins of the, of the human race, then the law was satisfied in every respect. And that's where we're walking today. The law of God is satisfied not because we're doing things perfectly, but because we have perfect faith in a perfect substitute who was a perfect sacrifice, who kept the law perfectly. And if I ever know anything about perfection at all, I'm gonna to have to get it through Jesus, because I'm incapable. You are incapable, but Jesus was more than capable. Oh, hallelujah, he said, I am more than a conqueror. Glory to God, how's that? Because Jesus was a conqueror. He was more than a conqueror. I'm in him, if you, if you believe, you're in him. And so that's how God looks at you is through the blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to understand as I close this segment today. First of all, all of this was done for you and for me. God didn't need it. Uh, you know, God had never sinned. Jesus had never sinned. The Holy Spirit had never sinned. See, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they didn't need it. We need it. So God did this for us because he loved us and he wanted to spend eternity with us. He wants fellowship with us. This was not done for heaven. It wasn't done for the throne of God. It wasn't done for angels. This was only done for sinners. Wow, think of that. This great covenant built on better promises was only done for sinners. That's like a guy goes into town and he's a benefactor of some sort. He's got a lot of money. He's looking to give some of that money away. I don't know, maybe he wants to write it off his taxes or whatever the case is. He doesn't go to the good people though, see? He doesn't go down to the prominent citizen. He doesn't go down to the so-called good people that live on Main Street in the big house. He goes to the trailer park where the young ladies are prostituting themselves and some of the boys are out cooking up meth. He says, I wanna give you this. Now that's not a completely good picture because in no way does God condone our sin. All sin will have to be given account for. So I want you to understand that. But the example is this. God the Father didn't walk over to God the Son and ask Jesus to die for the angels and for the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to look at them down there, prostituting themselves, selling drugs, 
drunk on alcohol, AIDS. They have cancer because of their fears in many cases. All of this black ugliness, I want you to die for them. And Jesus said, I will, Father. And he comes down. And the Holy Spirit applied his blood. And Jesus applied his blood at the mercy seat in heaven. And we are the benefactors of it. The ones who have sinned away how many days of grace. We have done that which is evil and wrong in God's sight. But we're the ones that he gave this to. It was done so perfectly and so completely that everyone who evidences faith in this better covenant based on Christ and his finished work will receive eternal life and redemption through the blood of the Lamb. So this is what Jesus was talking about when he said that the least believer in the kingdom of God was and is greater than John the Baptist, all because of the privileges afforded to us under the new covenant. And you can read Luke 20, uh, 7, 28 for that uh, verse. What a privilege we have, ladies and gentlemen, today. I took a long way around about getting to it, but the bottom line is this. We are undeserving, we are sinners, and if it were not for Christ, if we don't put our faith in Christ, we will die and go eternally lost because we are so unworthy. But the great love of God moved Christ and all of heaven to rescue us who don't deserve it. Now, as Jesus said, going back to my illustration a moment ago, Jesus said, I didn't come to seek those who are well. God, God didn't die, I said, for the good man. The guy didn't go to the good part of town to give away his money. That illustration, I, I'm going to the drug addict, to the alcoholic, to the sick. It's the sick who need a physician. That's God's mindset and attitude toward the human race. I love them so much, and none of them are good. None of them live in the big house uptown. None of them uh, have their act together. All of us, you and me, all of us are desperately lost. And the only way to be saved, the only way to ever get found, sir, lady, is to come through Jesus Christ and to receive what he did for you at the cross of Calvary. And so that's the beautiful picture. And then when you become a Christian, you have a whole world of possibilities opened up to you in the spiritual realm. I mean, and you have a document in the Word of God that tells you exactly what the articles of your covenant are. And we'll do a show on that one day, just touching on the highlights of what the believer has in Christ. But the point is, it's all because of Christ. We don't earn it. We can't earn it. We don't get good enough because we can't get good enough. Jesus was good enough. He was perfect. He did it. And when we put our faith in him and receive what he's done for us, we are born again. We are saved and we are ready to walk with God through all of eternity. So I encourage you today, wherever you are, I'm in Bustai, New York, just down the street from Jamestown, not very far. And I would encourage you today to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior in your heart and life today. 
in Jesus' name. This is Brother Paxton saying go with God, and he will go with you. Bless you.